0: on this episode of the popcorn diet we are reacting well not live because you're listening to this afterwards but to maybe the craziest oscars that i've ever seen get your popcorn ready Welcome, all you good movie buddies, to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, The Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, the Oscars ended not too long ago. How you doing?
1: Well... (laughs) All I can say is if the Oscars were anything this year, they were memorable, but I don't know if they were memorable for any of the reasons that you typically expect the Oscars to be memorable.
0: (laughs) I, my brain has been on fire for two and a half hours. Like that's the only way I know how to describe it from, from, from everything that has gone on. Um, and I am going to try not to lead with, sadly, the one thing that we're all going to be talking about after this, because we could just do an entire episode on um, the pugilism of the Fresh Prince Bel Air. Uh, but let's 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 save that. Okay, let's let's try and save that. I'm going to try and save that. And I want to talk with you about the ceremony itself. (laughs) For starters, um, for starters, number one, in our head-to-head matchup, I have to give you all due credit. You officially took me out this year. Victory. You beat me by three, I believe. That's right. And, uh, And yeah, congratulations there.
1: You know, I only missed two this year. And That's crazy, by the way. Yeah, which is probably one of my best performances. Um one of the ones I missed, I feel like I would be shocked if 99% of the people who the ballads missed as well, which was the animated short, yeah. which seemed to be just everywhere you looked, it said round robin and Rob, even robin, in, robin. Robin. robin 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 Robin. You're right. Um, and it lost to what was it? The windshield wiper, the
0: windshield wiper. Yes,
1: yeah. And and so, you know what? Like, I'll take the L there. Honestly, I uh, you know, sometimes the animated shorts a little bit of a crapshoot and. And so I don't really necessarily, I'm not, not too concerned about that one. I feel like I'm always going to lose one of those smaller categories just because something will come out of nowhere. The other one I lost was the
0: original screenplay,
1: original screenplay. Yes. So Belfast, obviously won. I believe I had,
0: you had licorice pizza.
1: Licorice pizza. And yeah. that's a tough, so, that
0: was a tough category. Like that was original screenplay was a really tough category. Personally, yep. I think out of all of those nominees, and I mean this of no shade to Kenneth Branagh, who I love. And I mean this of no shade to Belfast, which I thought was a a charming little movie. Like that may be like the third or fourth, maybe even the fifth best screenplay out of that category. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's tough.
1: I don't feel as I don't feel too bad about that one because I feel like that was one of those, whatever, Hollywood ones where it felt like maybe it was something for Kenneth Marana and something for Belfast. He's never
0: won an Oscar
1: and he's been nominated like i think in like eight different categories or eight different times or something like that so yeah
0: a bunch of he's been nominated for actor director producer picture all of those types of things so yeah
1: so yeah so i mean to only miss those two i feel i feel pretty good and yeah, that's solid um,
0: missing two only two that's pretty good man
1: yeah you know i the ones i the ones I, I don't, and you can talk about yours too and where you were thinking, but for me, the ones that I really mulled over before today, it felt like Penelope Cruz was coming out of nowhere, that she was like that dark horse in an actress that was picking up a lot of momentum. If you looked on, you know, I pay attention a lot when I'm doing mine to betting odds because listen, there's a reason the house always wins. Um, <laughs> and Penelope Cruz never overtook, uh, Chastain, but she went from like, I think it was something like 12 or 15 to one, all the way down to like seven to one. So, um, she was shifting a lot. You know, there was a lot of movement in that line late in the game. So I, I toyed around with the idea and I, uh, i trying to think of some of the other ones that I toyed around. I never really wavered on best picture as much as I wanted to go contrarian. I felt like, you know, I think what sealed the deal for me was the combination of, you know, the recent awards, but the ensemble at SAG plus those recent awards, I think uh, it's true was what, what landed it for me. And then I was trying to think if there was any others that I I went back and forth on. You know, I thought about uh, switching it up on um, animated, but like it just felt like there was just too much in Canto. You know, as much as I think Mitchell's versus the Machines was the better movie, and it felt like it was getting a little bit of conversation. I just couldn't pull the trigger. (laughs) <laughs> which uh, was one of your undoings.
0: It was, it was, I went. So, and you, and whether or not this is psychological or not, I'm, I refuse to give you credit for it <laughs> because you like to poke and you like to be like, Oh, are you just going to pick the favorites? Like a wimp? Or are you going to, are you just going to go chalk? Or are you going to make some risks? Now I think, now, I miss five categories, so I got 18 out of 23. Normally, not too bad of a showing. Um I miss writing as well. I had it for Licorice Pizza. I miss short film animated as well. I had Robin Robin. Um, and then I had original song going to uh Encanto because I felt that they were going to give Lin-Manuel their EGOT there. I thought they were going to give him his EGOT. I thought Encanto, you know, had a huge run, a huge uh, shift of momentum. And I mean, two of the songs from Encanto played on the broadcast. So I thought, you know, well, it w- it'll pick it up here. Uh, it did not. Uh, no Time to Die one, which is, I believe, the third Daniel Craig James Bond song to win, which is pretty impressive. Lock it down. Considering there were only three other nominations for James Bond songs previous. So, like, that's pretty crazy. And then I thought uh, Ari Wegner for Power of the Dog. I thought that, you know, I, I lean into those, like, the opportunities for the Academy to do something historic. And much like they gave Ruth Carter an Oscar for Black Panther, which was incredible. I'm not saying, like, it's diversity Oscar at all. Like, Black Panther should have won costume design. Like, that's amazing. But it's celebrated as she's the first... Black woman who win costume design. I thought this would have been an opportunity to award a frankly gorgeous film. Even you and I can admit that The Power of the Dog is like a gorgeous looking film and give the first best cinematography award to a woman. Obviously that did not happen because Dune is amazing and Dune just steamrolled all of the below the line picks. And then I went with my heart on animated feature film, I went with what I consider <laughs> to be the, the best, quite literally, the best movie of all of last year. And uh, I picked Mitchell's versus the Machines. You know, it won the um, Annie Award. It, it did pick up some other, um, you know, significant awards along the trail, but obviously it didn't happen. So sadly, the title will not be coming home with me this year. I'm not entirely sure it's coming home with you because of the pooling that we did this year. There was a tiebreaker, and I'm waiting to hear from a support ticket on whether you will be awarded the title and the cash or whether a good friend of the podcast, Jessica uh, Gallagher, will be awarded the title and the cash. So we will see.
1: You know all I care about every year is beating you. So outside wow. of that, everything else is gravy.
0: <laughs> That's it's just... Just makes it all the more worse. <laughs> I just, I just hate all of that. Um, so, David, what would you think about the ceremony? Now, this show famously, infamously, pre-taped eight awards, tweeted about them during those those moments, and then showed abbreviated acceptance speeches for those awards throughout the presentation. Now, I was happy that they at least showed you know, acceptance speeches and stuff like that. They mostly cut out all of the walking to the stage, you know, the clapping, letting the stuff die down. They really just kept it as to like, here's who won. Here's them getting their Oscar. Here's them giving their speech. But the damn show was still 30 minutes longer than last year. So what do you think about that? What do you think about them leaning into music more? Which again, this is, this is a show about movies and we got a lot of live musical, you know, uh, numbers going on here. Uh, what did you think about the show itself?
1: I think, in short, it was terrible.
0: Terrible. <laughs> you were texting me. You were not happy.
1: I just think it was it was just such a dumb format. Like i I don't understand who thought this was a good idea. And here's here's for a number of reasons. The Oscars has always been long. It's a played out tradition that the Oscars is short. We also didn't have people in the, like it was like, you can't talk about last year and compare it to any other year because it was like unlike any other circumstances. So I completely tossed out last year. Sure. Whether it be format time, like I don't even judge it on a harsh scale and say like last year was terrible because Last year's was such a unique situation. So, I mean, I didn't go before talking about this. I didn't go back and look at all the previous run times to see what they did. But I feel like one of the traditions of the Oscars, for better or worse, has been we will always go past our allotted three hours of time. You know, I was I was talking with, with, with Allie and you know, obviously she works in the news and her station is the station that has the Oscars on it. And so they always have a special show for right after the Oscars and it's what they call a collapsible show. So like they plan on, we need to fill up either an hour or all the way down to maybe we won't even have a show basically. And so, you know, I feel like it's something that it's just expected that it's going to go long. And I've never really understand the big beef with like the Oscars are too long. Like it happens once a year. You know, yeah. it's like saying the Super Bowl went too long, or like if we're gonna celebrate something, let's celebrate things. And the people who think it's too long probably don't truly love the show as a as it is. And right. so to me, rather than being obsessed with like what can we do to cut down time, which didn't accomplish in anyways we should be thinking about what can we do to draw more people in. And I think, you know, we've talked about it before on here and other podcasts that you and I listened to like the big picture have talked about, you know, other categories that could be added. And I think that's obviously the better approach. If you want to bring in more people, I think the musical numbers, like don't get me wrong. Like they were fine to kind of break up the show, but it was just really weird. Like, we had a performance of a song that wasn't even nominated, which was weird. Like I get when we perform every one of the nominated songs, because it basically fills the void of like, kind of like with best picture where we do throughout the show, what are, you know, the, the big long trailers, but in essence or that for, uh, for the, the best picture nominees, but you know, to, to do that. And then like you texted me, it felt like we went like 25 minutes before we even got the first award. And so there was that. There was this whole concept of like multiple hosts that seemed weird. Like, you know, you had ones where it was just them by themselves. You had ones where it was all of them together. Mm-hmm. It's just a really weird dynamic. Um, and I know we've had tandems before where we've got a duo um, up there on stage hosting it. We've had times where obviously it's a solo host, but it just it felt really scattered like it felt all over the place and i think you know i enjoyed to some degree you know the tributes that they had in there obviously they had you know the tribute to bond they had the tribute to godfather to white men can't jump to white men can't jump <laughs> to some degree to uh pulp fiction they brought in these other award presenters that really had nothing, have nothing to do with movies, but our movie stars, I think with just the hopeful grab that people will tune in, tune in. Like, do you think Tony Hawk fans tuned into the Oscars just because they knew Tony Hawk was going to be at the Oscars?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I was
1: there.
0: So there for it just a, seemed, I was there for Kelly Slater.
1: It seemed like people just came up with like 50 ideas threw them all at the wall and then decided to roll with like all of them or like 48 of them because he was just all over the place. And the funny thing was, and obviously, you know, I don't think we need to get quite into the Will Smith, Chris Rock stuff yet, but like pre that when I was listening to Chris Rock talk, it was like, I feel like we're at a normal again and not because obviously he's hosted some of these shows before. But because he seemed more like a natural, like <laughs> presenter or host of the show, to that degree versus like it felt like almost like SNL skits at time um, throughout it. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's a mess. I think they're obviously trying to chase ratings, which is understandable. That's you know how a show creates money. Um, yeah, but for. Th- for them struggling with ratings like they are, it's weird to me, you know, just some of the decisions that ABC's made, whether it be, you know, it's not streaming. Um, and so many people can do content through streaming these days. Um, you know, everybody, you know, every media outlet seems to value streaming. And yet with something like this, heck (laughs) The movie that took home Best Picture <laughs> was a streaming movie. For the first time know? ever. Yeah, for the first and, time ever. And yet our awards show, not streaming. And so it just seems like there's zero direction in in what the Oscars are doing. And that's not necessarily unique, but this year especially seemed really scattered to me is the way I'll go with it.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, man, I don't know what to do about it. I don't want to turn the entire episode into like the Oscars are broken, but the Oscars are broken and they're, they're broken for a number of reasons, whether it be all of the things that you said, whether it be that broadcast TV just isn't the same anymore. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, the getting young people to watch, like I don't know how to get young people to watch. I, this is like one of those, I made a joke. Like this is the oldest the Oscars have ever made me felt just watching the pre-show and just being like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And I was just like, let's let's do a drinking game. Anytime you don't recognize somebody, do a shot. The funniest thing I realized, though, is that the majority of those people were featured on the pre-show and most of the regular show had your more established, you know, actual actors, actual Hollywood people. The pre-show was, there were a ton of influencers or a ton of things like that. I saw one of, the, one of the interview people refer to Jessica Chastain's movie as Meet Tammy Faye. Versus the eyes of Tammy Faye. And I was just like broadcast journalism is dead and the skills of an interviewer are dead. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, and also like I'm not going to spend the time of us just trying to figure out like, oh, how do we fix the Oscars? There's t- tons of things we could do to fix the Oscars. We could offer them on a streaming service. You can have all the big streaming services, all the studios with all their platforms get together just like they do with like the NBA finals, or just like they do with with sporting events, Super Bowl is a really good example of it. Super Bowl trades channels, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there are there are large events where they're on one channel one year, they're on a different channel the other year. You could do that with the Oscars. You could add more categories. You could add things like best stunts, best casting, um, best more animated things, best animated performance, and whatnot. I think the most important thing, and again, this is just us yelling into the void, but whatever quote unquote the Academy is, they need to redefine and continue to push what the idea of an Oscar movie is towards something that is more populous. And and I say that for a number of reasons. I don't say that just to say like popular movies should be nominated, like willy nilly, like they should deserve it. So the fact that two Zack Snyder movies won the two fan voting things this 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 night were proof positive why you don't let the fans vote on any of these things. <laughs> just as a friendly reminder, everybody fan is short for fanatic. And I don't trust those people at all. I don't trust I just the, the fact that Amazon's Cinderella movie was second place in the fan favorite movie thing. I just I'm beside myself, right? But when, uh, I think 2009, when the Academy decided on the, um, or it was after, it was after 2009. So it would have been their 2010 ceremony, I guess. But after the Dark Knight didn't get nominated for Best Picture, um, everybody realized, like, we need to expand the voting pool. We need to expand the Best Picture nominees to 10 so that we can include other different types of nominees. And for a little bit, it worked. You had movies like Avatar. You had movies like District 9. You had animated movies like Toy Story 4 and Up. And you had... Comedies and you had smaller films, smaller character driven films, right? And it was great because everybody got a little bit of something. Everything was celebrated, but it has clearly shifted now more towards smaller stories. Now, here's the thing I am all for celebrating these diverse stories. I love that a movie like Moonlight, about what it's like to grow up black and homosexual, can be up for best picture. A movie like Coda, about what it's like to grow up deaf, can win best picture. That's incredible. And that should be celebrated. But the fact of the matter is the Oscars are basically turning into the independent spirit awards. And there is nothing, nothing. There is no good reason that a movie like Coda cannot be celebrated next to a movie like Spider-Man, no way home, right? Next to a movie like the Batman next to a movie like um, a quiet place, you know, horrors, comedies, action films, adventure films, comic book films, what have you. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home had some of the most dramatic storytelling of the year. And it's regulated and pushed off to the visual effects side of things. They need to get more populist. They need to widen this idea of what an Oscar movie is if they hope to survive at all.
1: to, To me, I think, and like you said, I don't think we need to try and fix the the oscars tonight but um you know to me i kind of i don't think i'm quite to your extreme um because to me like and, and maybe you're maybe you're more in line with what i'm thinking as well but like to me i don't think there's anything wrong with the movies that are being acknowledged right now um in the oscars i think like you said i think there needs to be more categories that bring in opportunity for some of those really well done you know big budget films that lots of people go and see because right now it really has been something where we seem almost opposed to that like right you hear actors and people in hollywood talk about you know, superhero movies and how it's ruined the industry and ruined storytelling and yada, yada, yada. And I think that is, you know, too sweeping of a generalization of, of these movies. And I also think, you know, there's things that are done in a lot of these movies that never, except within their like guilds, basically never get acknowledged, like the stunts and things like that, that we've talked about. But I also think, you know, you think about any really successful broadcast television event, which is mostly sports. Um, I mean I would say it's probably all sports for the most part. Right. Um, but think about some of the things that they do really well. There's marketing for those events. There's right. build up, there's hype for that. Like there's n- I mean, I don't see any kind of like build up or hype to the Oscars. Like I think they just assume that because we've got all these award ceremonies like it just builds up its hype on its own and we'll announce who the presenter is and like that'll do it but i also think there's things like this is the supposed to be the biggest movie night of the yeah, year right why why not have five or six really big movies launch their trailers in the commercial breaks Uh, You're
0: just mad because you didn't get your Thor Love and Thunder trailer.
1: Well, I am mad about that, but what else would have people tune in? How many millions of people have been waiting for Thor Love and Thunder? Right. And how many more would have through the Oscars, not knowing which commercial break it's going to be in, just to see that? Like, how many people, when the Super Bowl happens, don't fast forward through the commercials because half the people watch it for the commercials. Like you have to, it has to be an event that has something for the people. So if you're not going to bring in movies that are for the people, you have to do things that people want to see. And so I get, you know, the music going that route. The problem is, is the people you chose to perform. Like I get it. It was from the movies that were there, which makes complete sense given that this is the Oscars. Right. But like, no one, like I, the whole reason they did, we don't talk about Bruno is because tons of people love that song. And so people might tune in to see it performed because they're not going to tune in to see half the other things performed. Billie Eilish is going to bring in people because Billie Eilish has a big following, but you have to do things. If you're not going to open up your categories and you're going to keep this, you have to find ways to bring people in. And I'm sorry, as much as I actually think they weren't terrible, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and uh, who was our other host? Um, why am I blanking on her name?
0: Uh that's a really good question. Why am I breaking on blanking on her name too? Uh, Regina Hall.
1: Regina Hall. Like I don't think they were even that bad. It no, just... they
0: were really funny. They had some really good bits, but that's always a thankless job too. Yeah. And to your point. I think one of the weird like so one of my favorite parts of the whole show is when Costner came out and I was just like this this is the freaking guy this guy knows how to tell a story right and just having him come out with his draw talking about how he saw this movie when he was a kid building this energy number one I was I turned to my I turned to the people who were at the party and and I'm like Costner still got it baby Like it was rapture. It was enrapturing. It was, it was, Oh man, I want to hear this guy tell a story. Right. And it's celebrated films it celebrated the effects that movies have the effect that storytelling can have. People can are so passionate about the movies. And the craziest thing is like they, some of the jokes tonight were beating up on the movies. Some of the jokes tonight were beating up on movies that are nominated for best picture, you know, about how long they are, how slow they are, or, you know, those types of things. And like, that's just dumb. Like, that's just like, stop apologizing for what you are and what you love and start evangelizing for it. You know, stop. Like we can do, obviously we can do the five nominated songs. There's nothing wrong with that, but tell us why cinematography is so important. Teach us about it. Be advocates for it. Show your passion for it, not your shame, by cutting it down and having them, you know, show before the pre-show, you know, give yeah. us there. I mean, especially in the age of TikTok and YouTube, you can put together a 92nd clip that will entertain people and educate people all about what the power of film editing is. I just saw a clip. I think maybe you sent it to me. Somebody else sent it to me where they edited together um, Reese Witherspoon's Uh, cross-examination from Legally Blonde with Jack Nicholson's answers from A Few Good Men. And it works. And just this little goofy clip shows the power of editing. And that was so weird, too, how it was just like, we're going to make fun of movies and we're going to oh, we're going to punch down on them. And it's like these are beautiful, transformative works of art that tap deep into our emotions, tap deep into our experiences and and help inform other experiences. Celebrate the science behind that. It's like at Super Bowls when they talk about, you know, leading up to it. You know, they have media week. They talk to these characters and these people who have worked so hard and, and and honed their craft and honed their skill. Why not do stuff like that? Why not have little asides about how, oh, Hans Zimmer's here. He's up for an award that he hasn't won for 30 years. He created his own freaking instruments to make the score for Dune. Celebrate it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I also I also think, you know, going back to my point about like, you know, this is our biggest quote unquote movie night, and yet we don't do anything to advertise movies in a in a big way or make it a movie event, you know, about what's to come. But the thing is too, like, if I'm those studios that have Thor, you know, if I'm Marvel slash Disney and I've got Thor. I don't get any love from the show. So why would I want to help their ratings by launching my trailer in the middle of their show? You know, things like that. Why am I going to bring attention to a show that doesn't even honor me? And I'm not saying that's why they don't do it, but like, listen, if you're not going to if you're not going to give it any love, then I don't know that the people behind it are going to want to give you any help as far as your movie. But like, even the Costner thing though, like, you were such in a weird dynamic like <laughs> campion almost made fun of him for his uh reading and i don't know that it was intended that way but you can see clips of him like <laughs> shaking his head based off of her comments about how dramatic <laughs> his reading was and things like that but it's like you now i think uh i think we've made our point to some degree on on this topic but i do think um you know i think there's things that could be moved to like you know you talked about the super bowl and and some other sporting events like i think there's things that could be moved to the pregame that aren't necessarily uh you know awarding someone from this year yeah you know and yeah. and you know even if it was the music being um being moved to the the pre-show but like You see with like the Super Bowl, there's like build up, there's little things, there's awards that are handed out, you know, there's things that are done, you know, not in the meat of the show. You know, there's things that are done at halftime, which there's no halftime of the Oscars, but like,
0: right. But why couldn't there be if you made it an all day thing, if you made it a party, you know, so maybe we don't know. I think mean, I know I want the Golden Globes to die, but maybe we pull a little from the Golden Globes a little bit. You know, if if these guys can people run, a
1: little bit more drunk,
0: let them tailgate. I don't give a crap. You, like, it's it's yeah. it's it's a whole thing. So let's take a I want to take a quick break. I want to talk about some of the obviously we're going to talk about some of it, but I want to talk about a few other great things that happen. But we're going to take a real, real quick break first. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider... Become a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at Diet. And last but certainly not least... You can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. All right, David, I did want to, you know, point out a couple of great things that happened tonight. A couple of things that I was like, talked about Jane Campion being only the third woman ever to win a Best Director Oscar. That's incredible. Um, And that should be celebrated because one thing that, and again, going back to the power of the dog is, that film didn't connect with either of us emotionally. I can appreciate the storytelling of it and I actually really think that it like it's a really clever story, just su- such a slow burn that it really didn't impact us, but it is no doubt an incredibly acted, incredibly shot, incredibly directed film. So to see her, you know, rewarded for that was great. I have questions on like okay, she won best director, but that movie didn't win anything else. So What is that best director of what? Something, nothing, you know, no other awards. Same thing with Dune. Dune, uh, I'll see if you know, you probably don't know this. Your your answer will probably be, I don't know. Dune won six Oscars. What was the last movie to win six six Oscars?
1: Exactly six or six six or more.
0: This is the, this is uh, Dune winning six Oscars is the most Oscars that have been won since this last movie, since six
1: uh is it mad max
0: it is not i think mad max was a year before um it's la la land
1: okay la that, la la that la been, la la Land. that would have been my next that would have been my next guess
0: yeah um la la land won six oscars uh gosh what was it six six years ago five years ago and dune won six this year all of the other ones shape of water won four um Nomadland Land won three. They've usually, they're usually really good at spreading it out, but they did give Dune a lot of love this year. Obviously, we mentioned uh, Mad Max Fury Road also won six the year prior to La La Land. Um, but you really don't get those big like juggernauts anymore. You don't get the movie that wins Best Picture, Best Director, and then five or six other awards.
1: Power of the Dog went what? One for 12 or something?
0: One for 12, which I don't know is Ooh. the worst. It's not, it's not great. I am. Not entirely sure the Academy will ever give Netflix a best picture Oscar, no matter what they try to do. Uh, It's kind of crazy. And I think the funny thing is, is Netflix isn't the young upstart anymore. Like they're not like the young new thing trying to, Oh, we're trying to do something different. They're kind of responsible for the slow sliding death of the theatrical experience. And I'm not entirely sure the Academy wants to award them. Um,
1: Listen, listen there's netflix money and there's apple money and apple money a whole lot bigger than netflix money
0: (laughs) apple bought coda for 25 million dollars from uh after its premiere at the sundance film festival this is the first sundance film to win best picture at the oscars 25 million i believe was a record purchase and it appears that they made good on their investment Uh, It won the jury grand prize at Sundance. It won the audience award. Uh, Sean Hedder won, uh, I believe, directing uh, award there as well. And for it to come back and for it to win all three of its nominations, it was nominated for three things and it won for three things. That's pretty impressive. That movie obviously latched on to people in a big way or Apple just campaigned in a big way. Um, I know I mentioned it before. But we got to give a shout out to our guy, Hans, because Hans Zimmer is maybe the second most well-known film composer uh, of the modern era. I don't want to say of all time because there's some, you know, you got a Neil Marcon, you got you got some incredible composers here. But the last, do you remember, do you know what Hans last won his last Oscar for? It was 30 years ago. I sprung not this. I, I sprung, I'm springing this on. It's part of like, okay, it's good that you don't know. Um, I, we didn't pre-plan this. Uh, it was for the Lion King, the freaking. Uh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The freaking Lion King, all the way back in, uh, gosh, when was that? 95?
1: Ninety four. So. Ninety
0: four. So not quite thirty years, but pretty close to thirty years. He won for the Lion King, and now he has finally won again for Dune again. He created his own instruments to make the sound of this world. I think that that's something that's amazing. I think it's crazy that this is only his second Oscar. There have been people like, for example, like Alexander Desplat won two Oscars in four years for the Grand Budapest Hotel and The Shape of Water. Two scores that I don't know if you know a lot of people have on repeat. Um, some Dario uh, Marinelli, who won for his score for Atonement. I've actually talked to some people about his Atonement score. Gustavo Santa Santol- Lila, Santa Lila, Lila won for Brokeback Mountain and Babel. So like, it's kind of crazy. The ups and downs, the memorable scores that don't necessarily get nominated, and then Hans comes in and wins for this again. I don't know about you. I'm glad to see Hans get some love. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to mention one other thing, which is Troy Kotzer shouts out Mesa, Arizona boy, uh, yep. winning Best Supporting Actor. He is the first deaf male actor to win an Oscar. His co star in Coda, uh, Marley Maitland, Matlin, excuse me, won Best Supporting Actress back in 1986. So now that's kind of fortuitous. Uh, how that worked out. I love seeing him. I thought his acceptance speech was probably maybe the best, like purest best moment of an acceptance speech all night. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Wanted to ask you one question before we talk about the slap for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I felt, and I don't know if this is leading to a downer here, but when they brought out Liza Nelly and Lady Gaga, number one. Gaga being like a consummate pro and being like this really caring and empathetic person on stage was really incredible and great to see. But I need the academy to stop dragging people out so that we can see how old and frail they are and can barely hold their shit together. Like it was sad. I was sad for it. I think um
1: yeah, I mean I think it, it it echoes some of the issues we've talked about already with Oscars is that they continue to want to relive the past and and bring back this past that you know there's just not a lot of people that are that are wanting to just see how old certain people are, you know, like I said it even with you know and, and granted they're in their eighties, so props to them for for still being in as good a shape as they are, but like even Pacino, De Niro and Coppola, I mean, Coppola looked probably the best of all three of them. Um, <laughs> and I think he might be the oldest of all three of them. Um, but Pacino was looking a little haggard to me. And again, he's 82. So who am I to talk about how I'm going to look at 82? So that's not a knock True. on him, but the fact of the matter is, is like I get wanting to acknowledge it and we, you know it's great to celebrate them while they're alive and not um you know just in the in memoriam but at yeah. the same time like she was rough and you it know was, i i texted it was
0: it was nice it was the there was a very human connection between the two but yeah but,
1: but i think that's when you like i think if you want to incorporate your past and people like that you invite them to the show, you put them in the crowd, you acknowledge them at some point in the show about like, we've got Liza Minnelli in the crowd, you know, joining us and we've got so-and-so joining us, you know, and like you can incorporate that into something that acknowledges them, but like putting them up on stage and someone like her too. And like, I mean, I, I read into her history a little bit just because I was like, happened to Liza Minnelli over these years yeah it seems like you know not not uh she partied with uh, Mick Jagger's crowd a little bit um too hard maybe a little bit and I don't know if there's more going on you you don't really see much else going on but you know drugs and alcohol can can do that to you and and combination of that and age exactly
0: Uh, exactly but
1: That being said, I just
0: saw a video online of Anthony Hopkins dancing at one of the after parties. So, like, live it up, guys, you know.
1: Listen, and that's the thing is, like, I've got no problem. Like, we don't need to, like, just send older actors out to pasture and not involve them in this event. But, like, having them announce out of the blue best picture, like, when it seems like they're struggling just to, I mean, she was struggling with the prompter. And like you said, it was awesome and it was a cool moment for Lady Gaga to be there to to help her and, yeah. and be a pro and, and show that love for her. Um, and it I would wouldn't surprise me at all if they had crossed paths previously between um you know, obviously with her being in cabaret and, and some of the things Gaga's done. But yeah, I it mean, was it was tough. Much I like mean, it was it was a tough moment.
0: Much like The Oscars should reconsider being on ABC clearly doesn't care about celebrating movies. They should reconsider who they're who they're bringing out.
1: We're bringing in Andy Ha or, you know, Tony Hawk and and Kelly Slater and Sean White. And we're getting all these different people because we want to get younger and we want to get more appeal to younger crowds. But then for our biggest award, we wheel out Liza Minnelli with Lady Gaga and have her announce it and it's like it's just i don't know it was a weird decision but yes that was one of many weird decisions and weird moments but obviously the biggest one was the slap heard around the world quite literally
0: i mean what is there to say like here's the biggest thing as we sit here now and and as people are listening to it there will have been more of this happening but i tweeted out not long after is i want everybody to just sit where they're at right here on sunday night recognize their surroundings and realize that we are in the early stages of what i consider to be take apocalypse where they are going to be so many takes on what happened between will smith and chris rock at the oscars that it will i believe it may destroy the world (laughs) <laughs> I well, here's the thing, man. So there's no other way to describe it other than it's the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Like the Oscars have had some crazy moments before. There was a streaker I think it was back in like the 70s. There was when Marlon Brando refused to accept this award and sent up a fake Native American to accept it. There was obviously the Moonlight La La Land best picture issue. <laughs> but I, it's just the, I the I couldn't, I was like, Oh, this is a bit. I thought it was fake. I thought watching it unfold in real time. My brain was on fire. My head, like I was having so much anxiety. I was so stressed out when I, when everything was muted. Cause I texted you and I was like, yeah, Smith. And you were like, I don't, you played it off. You were so blasé. Cause you were like, Oh, they muted it for 15 <laughs> seconds. I don't know what happened. And I'm like, I found the, the, because in other countries, they don't have the delay. So in Australia and Japan, other places, it played out real. I thought it was a stage slap. Like, I thought it was a pantomime. I thought it was all in good humor. And it wasn't. Will Smith, one of the biggest movie stars that we have had for 30 years, got up on stage at the Oscars and slapped the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth for making a dig at his wife, for making a joke at his wife's expense. And uh, there are going to be so many people out there who are going to try and simplify this in Will Smith is wrong and he should be punished or Chris Rock was wrong and you should not make fun of, you know, people's medical conditions. Um, Because that's because Jada Pinkett Smith uh, has a uh, medical condition that that her uh, what's it called uh, alopecia that prevent or that is uncontrollable hair loss that is part of that she's gone through hair loss and stuff like that something that's yep. very close very deeply personal to her so to make a dig like that would be akin to you know somebody making a dig about me about my weight you know something that has been very sure. very personal and has a lot of pain and trauma tied to it It's just so complex. And I just wish that we were as a society health enough to healthy enough to say. This is incredibly complex and everybody's in the wrong. I don't know, man. I don't know. What did you feel about it when it happened? Did you like because I know you were pretty low on the entire ceremony and it just felt like I had so many things rushing through my head. I was like, I wonder how many people jumped on to watch after this happened, after the you know uh, the news came out that like Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock in the face on stage, yeah, it was crazy. What ran yeah. through your head?
1: All right, so this may be a little bit of a, a little bit of a long uh, <laughs> long response, but so I think first and foremost, I think the producers of the Oscars, from a rating standpoint, probably were the happiest they could be because. <laughs> Everything going into this was like I don't know what the show started at, but like I don't think anybody was hyped for the Oscars this year outside of the people participating in the Oscars. So something like this that it plays to the world that we're in, this instant reaction world that we're in. Like I don't know what the numbers are going to be, and funny enough, maybe I can get Allie to pull the numbers because she she can see oh, the ladies' yeah, yeah, numbers. Yeah especially because it's their station. Um, But I guarantee you ratings spiked and they held at least until Will Smith uh, won his best actor award because that was the thing about this is he hadn't gotten an award yet. And so when this happened, we all knew we were going to hear from him because that was one of the most obvious categories, I think, in most people's mind. Like, yes, there was the... Cumberbatch or Javier, but like, you know, or Garfield. But I mean, it had been known for a while that this was going to be Will Smith's Oscar. Yeah.
0: He can't, uh, and I he think. campaigned like it has been a long and arduous and emotional campaign for him. And I just, every time I make a point, I just want to reiterate that does not excuse his actions. You don't strike, like, you just don't, you don't hit people. You don't, you don't, yeah. you don't do that. You don't do that.
1: So, that was my first reaction was like <laughs> this, this has literally pulled this show up from the dead. And I'm not saying that was a good thing or something that they should have done obviously, but like, and I'm not saying they wanted him to slap him, but like that is something that literally pulled the show that wouldn't have been surprising to me if the story coming out of this was worst ratings ever for Oscars, you know, whatever, like just lots of bashing on the actual Oscars themselves, the talk of the the below-the-line Oscars being announced via Twitter and then getting shortened, like all of that would have been the story coming out of this because there wasn't any big surprises from like an award standpoint. Like there was no huge upset in Best Picture. There was no huge upset in the acting categories. So the story coming out of this would have been about the format and what was or wasn't good about the format and so from that standpoint my initial reaction was like this is all people are going to be talking about sure the oscars are going to dodge (laughs) a bullet from the standpoint of they would have just gotten torn to pieces for the format of this that being said my thoughts then moved to obviously will smith and you know obviously feeling for him in the sense that I think of Will Smith's career and we've talked about this I think in previous podcasts where we've done Will Smith's movies and things like that. Sure. Will Will Smith has been so calculated about his career. Whether it be what he allows in his personal life to life to be seen or not, whether it be the roles that he takes. We've talked about Django in the past where he didn't want to play that role that Jamie Foxx played um because it didn't fit in with you know kind of his career plans and things like that um so we've talked about how calculated he's been in the decisions that he's made and you mentioned how much he put himself out there campaigning for this one like yes he's taken swings at oscars before in roles um like i think it was well documented through this oscars season about how he thought he was going to win it for uh was the one where he played the dad? Um, uh, the um, Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. Where he played the dad. Like he he that... played the
0: dad in this one too.
1: <laughs> yeah, where he thought he was going to win it for Pursuit of Happiness. Um, right. I think you could look at Ali and say, like, on paper, if I told you Will Smith doing an Ali movie, you would have thought, okay, biopic check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the one of the famous, if not the most famous athlete of all time, check. You know, this is tailor-made, you know, for an Oscar. Yeah. Didn't win it for those. And so it felt to some degree like when this movie went well and was received really good feedback, and he obviously put a lot into this role and learning this role and portraying the character. Right. Like, he basically said, like, I'm going all in, you know? Like, I'm doing everything I have to to not have any regrets, probably, about this Oscar season and like to literally have that, not that he's not an Oscar winner now hours after this and won't be for all time. But the sad part I feel for him is that people aren't going to talk about, they're going to talk about the slap, you know, for years and years to come. Yeah. And eventually it'll, it'll fade and it'll just be a statistic, right? It'll just be Will Smith. But like in the world that we are with how like viral things go, that's going to live on for a long time. Like something like this happens, you know, like some of those stories you talked about things that happened. Like I forgot about the Brando thing and I forgot about, you know, the streaker and stuff like that. Like if you go back into history, you, you see that, but like, this is going to be etched into a lot of people's minds for a really long time. It is. And it's going to be, it's going to be synonymous with him every Oscar season. Every time he shows up to the Oscars, it's going to be a memory. Anytime he's up for award, it'll be and like it's sad for him, you know, like it's to work. It's incredibly
0: sad for him. It's incredibly now, sad now.
1: That being said, he's got no one to blame but himself. Like no. It is not normal human behavior, even if you're the butt of the joke, to be on that stage on not quite live TV, but relatively live TV amongst thousands of your peers in person and millions watching to have anything like you could be the most infuriated ever to have the thought to walk up on stage and hit a man. Like there's not a lot of people that would do that just if you weren't on live TV in front of a crazy audience. And like in what other setting would no one else react? And I I think that
0: I wouldn't do that in front of anybody like that's and that's the thing, right? Like, again, we have to go back to the fact that like all of these things, like we could talk about all of that, right? Just like you said, we could talk about how he has been pushed to the limit his entire career. He's lived his entire life underneath a microscope as a black man, which is also not easy which we're seeing yeah. right, which we're seeing right now as a black man who lashed out on it. We see people who are just like done. Will Smith, I'm completely out. Right. And like, this is horrible. And Will Smith's terrible. And and they should have escorted him out and they should take his Oscar and all those types of things. Lest we forget that Jack Nicholson, you know, busted up a guy's car with a golf club in 94. Russell Crowe was arrested for assault in New York city. Nick Nolte, you know, he had, uh, was doing counterfeit work. Roman Polanski was literally given an Oscar for a pianist for the pianist when he couldn't enter the country because he's a convicted, um, statutory rape criminal. Like, yeah, like, lest we forget. And I, listen, again, I'm not saying any of that. I think the biggest thing is like, there's a level of understanding that I have tried to work through all of this with, there is a level of, it's so easy to say, I would never do that. Right and be confident in that I would never do that I would never do that right I always go back to this is going to a slightly side story there was one time short version of it uh me and a friend were at Disneyland and we thought we knew where the entrance to the line was for a ride and so we got in line what we didn't realize is there was actually a break in the line and it had curved around a building further never saw it The second we get up to a cast member, a lady starts screaming behind us. They cut, they cut, they're cutters. Kick them out, kick them, kick them out. I'd like to say that I'd keep my head cool, calm and collected and was able to say, no, I wasn't. What's happening? How did I cut? But I didn't. I just turned into, it turned into a screaming match. It turned into, no, no, you're a liar. No, like you just, it's, I know firsthand how easy it can be to lose your cool. And again, that does not absolve the action, but like, Will Smith had to sit on national television and basically watch his wife talk about how she cheated on him too. Like this guy, I don't know. It's complex. It's so, so, so complex. And like you said, this is going to go down as one of the craziest moments in Oscar history. It may be in live broadcast television history. Like I don't know where it ends and we're only a few hours off of it. And it's, it was fascinating It was sad. It was a lot of things. I think more than anything, it was the craziest thing that I've ever seen. And for better or for worse. Well, I think
1: there's there's a couple things, too. Um, You know, obviously, you know, you never expect something like that to happen, which obviously led to the the level of response that we have. And I think like you said, it's easy to hindsight things or, you know, talk about different things like that. I do think it speaks to in essence, what kind of this Hollywood bubble is like, find me another setting where (laughs) the person who does that would not be escorted out at least taken out (laughs) outside talked to of the room like Like, let's walk outside and
0: cool off
1: he literally sat in the front row of the rest of the show never was like front and center one of the people that was on screen the most throughout the rest of the show even after that and like there is literally i can't think of another setting a lot of settings you would have been arrested and taken off and i'm not one of those people that's saying like he should be arrested that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying right find me another setting outside of hollywood and the oscars that that would be allowed like now that, that something means- wouldn't happen
0: sure i will i will i agree with you hundred percent i will also counter with I imagine that there are also numerous settings in the world, maybe settings that you or I have not uh, necessarily experienced in our life, where someone talks shit about your loved one and you slap them in the face and everybody says, all right. I'm not saying that's how like a functioning society should work. Okay. I'm, I'm not doing that. But, but I would saying- argue
1: even in that, I, I would argue even in that setting, a friend pulls you away and you, you go your separate ways because otherwise, this is going to escalate more. What you're saying, yes, there's plenty of situations where someone makes a joke, someone gets up and slaps them, but I don't know in any setting where then we all just continue on going like nothing happened. Chris Rock literally finish, finishes his speech like nothing happened. It was,
0: and, that, <laughs> is finishes a, his and that is a testament to Chris Rock. Not that anybody should have a testament to anything. But like, in a vacuum, that's some impressive shit.
1: Will Smith sits down like nothing happened after he obviously says is what he says. Yeah, we announce an award. A person comes up the aisle like nothing happened. Freaking Questlove, there- freaking
0: Questlove wins an Oscar for an amazing documentary, and everyone is shook.
1: But there is no other place. I I, I disagree. I don't think there's any place. I don't think. There's seedy environments that I've never been to where this happens and there isn't a separating of that person from the environment that they're in. And again, I'm not saying that that's what should happen. I'm not, I'm just saying that in a nutshell talks about this, you know, and it's, it's not, this isn't meant to be any kind of too dramatic of wider commentary, but like, right you're seeing the Hollywood bubble on display
0: right there. Absolutely.
1: And also you're seeing how absolutely like dumbfounded. I think everybody was because I don't think the producers, the people running the show had any clue what to do. I'm sure people were yelling into the microphones backstage into people's earpieces, of like, what do we do? Do we get secure? (laughs) Like literally what do we do? And like, Yeah, it was crazy. But I mean, to me, I think the way this conversation should end, because it's what Allie and I talked about out of it, is like, here is just another absolute perfect example of why people need to handle their mentals and their chicken. And (laughs) to quote Marshawn Lynch. I was going
0: to say, it's true, man. It's true
1: and 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 you are the better person than I to talk about the the benefits of therapy, but like I don't know if anybody no one should walk away from saying that like any of this was normal behavior and that mr Mr. Will Smith probably needs to uh, take some time off and uh, maybe see someone and uh, work work on his mentals
0: that's the thing is i just hope for the best for everybody i hope like yeah i'm not I, I i understand like as somebody who understands how a completely innocent joke can be taken the wrong way i understand that it's not hard or it's not easy to do that it's very hard to do to tell jokes it's very hard to tell jokes about people and I, I don't know, like, I don't envy anybody in this situation. I just think it was incredibly unfortunate, incredibly sad. There's going to be a, an unmeasurable amount of bad takes that will lack the empathy, will lack the perspective of being a black celebrity in America, will lack the perspective of being somebody going through a very personal and traumatic medical disorder for them. I've already seen cases. I've already seen it already, where somebody's like, you know, I I also have uh, what Jada has, uh, alopecia. I think I, I keep screwing up the name of it. I thought it was funny. People need to chill. That's not that's your experience. Cool, man. That's not somebody else's experience. There's just going to be. I'm just. I'm already tired about all of the. You know, Oh, Will Smith is perfectly justified in what he did. Oh, Chris Chris Rock's a jerk. Oh, Will Smith is a thug and, and all of these things. And that's another thing to talk about, which is, again, the outburst of a black man in a predominantly white space. Like we need to be aware of those things and aware of what other people in this world will view that as. And I think that might be the most frustrating thing for Will, not to speak for him like I freaking know whoa, Will Smith. That might be one of the most frustrating things for Will Smith is he spent his entire career, as you said, trying to be so well manicured, so well mannered, so well behaved, so big willy. And in this ultimate moment of weakness became, I don't know, something that he didn't want people to see became something that he's not became, I don't know, but it's just so freaking unfortunate. And yet again, not to end on like a downer, or because or, mostly because I don't want to end on a downer is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen just from a pure like we've I think we've done a really good job not to pat ourselves on the back. And we've done a really good job of talking about it without trying to demonize anybody without um, without um, condoning the behavior, which we don't don't do that. Don't hit people. Right. Like that's simple to the point. The actions are what they are. That doesn't mean you can't offer or or try to see somebody's perspective. And I say this with a smile on my face. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You don't often get to say that and truly feel it. I don't know how many things in your life you can say. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen.
1: I'm going to make a prediction, okay? At some point in the... And maybe even as, as soon as next year's Oscars, we're going to have Will Smith and Chris Rock pre- present an award together.
0: I could see it happening. <laughs> I could absolutely I, see I it equate, happening. I equate it,
1: to when the, I equate it to when the SBs had uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers uh, present an man. award together. I don't Do you think squash that'll... of beef?
0: Do you think that'll as big be as big of a cheer moment as when the Flash enters the speed zone, as voted on by Twitter as the best Oscars cheer moment, a moment in which you know I actually really loved in that movie, but holy crap, will you, it be? Will it be, as it be? You,
1: you said you didn't want to end on a downer moment. We don't need to talk about the terrible. <laughs> I'm going to watch that awards. clip right
0: now. I'm going to go watch that clip right now because that clip slaps, but it has no business being on that list. Get out of the, here. Uh,
1: apparently the Snyder bros were the only people that voted on. Uh,
0: don't do on things on the, the internet, uh, guys. Oscar things. Uh, Oscars, the Academy. If I can give you one really important tip just for the, just the near future. Don't do contests with hashtags. Don't let fans vote on things for the love of God. Please don't. The issue with getting people to watch your show has nothing to do with them being involved. Don't trust us, the regular normal mouth breathers out here. We don't know what we're doing, as clearly evidenced by these two voting things. What?
1: Didn't we had uh, our guy produced last year's awards? Um, Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Yeah. Why don't we get a Zack Snyder Oscars next year?
0: would that even look like there's no way there's no way because Zack Snyder doesn't know how to shoot without a green screen the best part about (laughs) Soderbergh is that he's he's just give him an iPhone and he'll make a movie right I don't I wonder what would happen if you just gave I would that's actually oh my god David this is what should be we should do for the next Oscars we should just give some of the most famous filmmakers in the world an iPhone tell them to make a five minute short film Give it to Spielberg, give it to Campion, give it to Soderbergh, give it to Zack Snyder, give it to Michael Bay. No green screen. Go out in the world and make, make a movie and see what happens. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, it's another Oscar season uh, that is come and gone, although I have a feeling that this particular Oscar season may linger a bit longer than others. Um, as you As we've said previously, I'm happy that this is over. Um, I cannot wait for next week's Morbius.
1: <laughs> Morbius. I, I
0: can't even. We got Morbius coming out. We got Ambulance. I'm really excited for Ambulance. We got Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore. We got the bad guys. We got the Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. We got the freaking Northman coming out. We're back. Movies are back. And morbius is going to be really interesting but we'll see so anyway david it's been a pleasure as always getting through this oscar season again congrats on your victory over me uh we will we will wait in bated breath and we will update the audience on whether or not you actually took home the true crown um but
1: i took down i took down the only one that matters
0: you took down you took down the big dog before we wrap up I wanna remind everybody that you can get free episodes sent to you just by hitting subscribe or hitting that follow button. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, and share us with your other good movie buddies. Also, don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider supporting an independent pop podcast an independent podcast about film when film very clearly still needs our support moving forward that's patreon.com slash the popcorn diet of course we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on facebook on twitter on instagram at the popcorn diet and last but certainly not least you can find all of our latest regular episodes articles and more on our website popcorn diet but for the canadian machine mr david melhorn i am your very best good movie buddy rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.